0: Welcome to the 150K Podcast, where we help take your dreams to six figures and beyond. Have you ever had a dream of being successful, living a life you love? If so, this podcast is for you. From practical applications to tools to help you level up, I am going to open up my network of success so that you can achieve your life by design. So sit back, grab your pen, and get ready to level up. Welcome back to the 150K Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Graham, where we help take your dreams to six figures and beyond. Today, I have with me special guest, Matt Vincent. Um, I met Matt through my friend, George Bryant, about two years ago, started following his content. He was on George's podcast. Matt, you do a bunch of stuff. I've followed you for a while. So you own a coffee brand. You own a clothing brand. You do men's retreats. You go on wild-ass vacations. You just did like an epic bike journey, which looks crazy amazing how do you even like tell us a little bit more about you won three what was it three uh two world championships
1: games,
0: two world yeah, championships uh, two highland
1: games world championships um travel quite a bit um have for a long time um so i like doing the adventure stuff recently i've leaned a little bit more into some of the physical parts of that of some endurance type work just for that's own personal stuff which i'm sure we'll make content around but yeah i'm doing it for me and i be doing it whether or not we were filming it um yeah all those things the apparel brand uh coffee company podcast you know, kind of all the things now that equal doing the digital whatever this life is
0: yeah no i love that the thing i when i see your stuff what hits my mind is you build a life by design you've a life that you love to live and you build your businesses around that to fund the life you love so a lot of people listening to this podcast are possibly first time in the sales or first time entrepreneurs, and they're trying to get to that first, um, you know, step one, as I call it. What advice would you give them about, you know, when they're starting out? Are you into like the whole grind culture? Are you into how, how do you approach that?
1: What would be the opposite of grind culture?
0: Um. <laughs> uh, I don't know. (laughs) This is what I'm asking. I I,
1: I guess when you when you say am I into that, I'm trying to figure out the alternative.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, let me rephrase that. Some people are like they just burn, 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 go, go, go. And they never take time to refresh, recoup, or do things that they like. They like, you know, go from morning to night. In the beginning, is that kind of what you recommend, or is it more of a little bit of a balance or
1: I, I don't really, you know, man, I don't know that I really have a recommendation. I, I think it really depends on what goals you want to accomplish and what your intentions are, you know, yeah. and living true to that as much as you can. Um, you know, for me, I'm, I'm for sure go, go, go. And I'm sure I fall into grind culture a hundred percent, but I also want life adventure now. Like I'm not trying to build some weird safety or secure, comfortable lifestyle. at it just doesn't do anything for me. It doesn't make my dick hard at all.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now that makes sense. So so when they're starting out and they're doing different aspects, pretty much would you say, because st- you have multiple businesses and you've been doing stuff for a while, would mm-hmm. you say stick to one business and get that going or try different things?
1: I think that there's definitely going to have to be some put the compass on one thing. Like until until that thing can kind of operate at a level that you're allowed to put some energy somewhere else yeah you gotta kind of do it all. I mean, for a lot of years, right? I mean, with hate Brand starting out when hate brand started out in 2017 sorry, 2014, coffee started in 2017 so in 2014, when hate started out, uh I really didn't plan on making any income from it and really didn't make any income from it till probably 2016
2: mm-hmm.
1: um at that time, I was doing outside sales, the oil and gas industry, traveling a lot and, and doing that thing. And that, that job paid great. Yeah. You know, I was doing something that was paying um, dollars grand dollars a year, free truck, those type of things. Um, and then hate, HATE started doing well enough that whenever in 2017 they fired me, I just didn't want to look for more work. I just leaned into whatever I had going on. But at that point right like i am training to compete in a world championship and you know i finished competing in 2016 and so i am training a lot i am traveling a lot i'm doing all the photo shoots for the apparel i'm editing those photos i'm designing all of the gear with some help of graphic designers right i'm not a finished graphic designer but all the concept work or anything else or writing the three books that kind of got hate Brand started uh the blog posts that I was doing for the four years before I wrote a book, the 1,600 videos on my YouTube channel. And I mean, none of it's ever popped. Like none of it ever, holy fuck, we made it. Like, yeah. holy fuck, we exploded and we're popular. It's never felt that. It's always felt like this kind of consistent up and downs. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was, you know, build hate, build hate till i have enough freedom to try another thing and then build that till it has enough freedom to try another thing yep um and so now it's it's hate it's uh we have an airbnb rental property that we manage we have um coffee company i've got my gym and office space here and while i don't have an open running gym it is a thing that requires maintenance Mm -hmm. uh so it does require some form of attention. We have the podcast, which we've been really consistent on for a long time. Um, opening the gym up for Sunday services, which we've started to do to just kind of build a local community here in St. Louis and share, share ourselves in space with people. Um, yeah, it's, it's busy, I guess, yeah. you know, but I, I like it cause I'm not bored. Like my, my level of ADD that I deal with, really requires that i keep a lot of plates spinning Mm -hmm. and historically for me i'm pretty much at my happiest running full speed juggling four things uh at five things i kind of want to kill everyone around me and at three things i'm so bored i want to kill everyone around me Mm -hmm. so it's a pretty fine balance (laughs) for me of where i want to be uh and it seems getting better at it allows me to juggle more plates and I consider juggling those plates they're not just the business things but juggling those plates are you know balancing my relationship and connection with my with my lady they are managing what I need to refill my cup too which I know is the adventure the travel the experience stuff and so being able to try to swing all those things in while while still working on me
0: no, and, and you opened up a lot of stuff there because I think a lot of times entrepreneurs and business owners get in their head that they have to meet all these goals or do these things, but you just said it simply to you. You have a set pattern that you did and you were consistent over time and that's why you won. It wasn't that you had the overnight success, one big hit. But no you one does. One. Yeah.
1: You know what I mean? Like, and if you, and if you get that pop, it's a moment. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not a business. No. And so, like, if you don't, if you don't have the ability to figure it out without those other type of things, or if you're trying to run your business, is like fuck, man. If we can just get that one influencer to come on board, it'll change it. It, it won't. No, no, no. It's not gonna. It's not gonna alter anything. It's a day,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you only get to collect really well off of those spikes if you have the buckets in place to catch it
0: yeah i agree it's funny because like even with this podcast this is i've done 87 episodes so far and i've had some pretty big name people and they'll give you just a little spike but it's the consistency over time that's grown the podcast it wasn't just having that one name person no i hear you there for sure
1: you know in the same way a lot of what i apply to business is the same thing that i applied to my training for for becoming a world champion uh I can't outsource any of that shit like i can't outsource going to the gym i can't outsource you know following my program and i can't outsource doing the throws work and being analytical about the work i want to get done and like what are we improving on and being able to say like fuck, that doesn't feel good but this does like how can we address those things and i know especially with throwing being such a technical sport Mm -hmm. that there's so many things i need to know that will happen because we've built habit so for example heavy weight for distance one of the events we throw like the approach of that is there's yeah. i know i'm thinking about the cast i know where i throw the weight out in front of me and then from there where i'm going to catch and land and then sprint across the back get to the front plant catch again load throw finish the throw there's a lot going on turn the right foot move all these things And if I know that 95% of those things have been now assigned to muscle memory because I've done them 10,000 times, Mm -hmm. I can start to say, well, what happens if I speed up the entry a little bit? Because I don't have to worry about the other things taking care of themselves. I can play with one variable at a time. And because the businesses now or the podcast or anything have gotten consistent over that type of work that we've put in. I can play with changing a variable to see, does that change it? You know, okay. Well, like, why don't we edit the content we're doing a little bit differently? Why don't we, what worked, what were the best three things that we did last year and why? And start trying to look at that and how do we replicate?
0: Yeah. And I think that's key because like you said, you have your processes in place, you have your system set up and now you can tweak it to see if it makes it a little bit better here or there. So you've been into cuz I know you do a lot with this as well. You do a lot with like self-care. I call it self-care. Like I see you do the cold plunges. I know you do a bunch of other stuff. How important do you feel that is for entrepreneurs and let's just say even high achievement people cuz there's like a lot of sales people listen to this as well.
1: Yeah. I think I, I think all that's super important. Um I mean, man, total transparency, like right now I'm burnt I'm uh, I'm gassed and probably battling a little bit of underlying depression that I don't deal with, and it's just because as I've ramped up my output of energy with having a mentorship group now with sixteen twelve and working with people and hosting retreats and doing these other type of things, where I'm really fucking bearing it. Mm-hmm. Um, the standard things that would refill my cup pretty easily aren't refilling enough. And so I need to take some more drastic measures. Otherwise, I know where this goes. And where it'll go for me is at some point, I'll say, fuck this, and I'll burn it all to the ground.
0: Yeah.
1: In one way or another.
0: But that's good that you have the awareness, though, so, because like a lot of people don't, don't have that, do that
1: awareness. These are all the things I do really love. Yeah. um, Yeah, it's a double-edged sword because I, I kind of constantly dig in and think like, fuck, what am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing? Where are we optimizing? Why aren't I feeling better? X, Y, and Z. Um, But yeah, having that self-care routine, like my morning routine is really, really important to me. And as long as I get some of that in the morning to kind of address my shit and have a plan for the day before I start being on the defensive about the rest of the needs that come from my things drawing from me, Mm -hmm. I'm much better. So if I take that time in the morning and be selfish with it to say like, yo, I need to refill. I need that time to move. I need that time to sit in the sauna and meditate and listen to new information and find something inspiring for me instead of just putting out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree hundred percent. I actually started going to the gym at five 15 in the morning, doing like a kickboxing uh, strength training workout. And since mm. I've done that p- for the past two months, I'm a lot more clear and then I'll come home and I'll listen to a podcast before I go to my day job. And it's just that I agree. Like you can't, I think we get into this mindset that we had to give, 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 and we forget that we have to fill ourselves back up. Or like you said, we're going to burn out a hundred percent. Well,
1: And look, make no mistake. This is a very uniquely American thing. Yeah. Um, but so much of that is built on the materialistic side of what we're all pretty fucking drawn to. The idea of being rich, the idea that rich equals freedom, the idea that rich gives you the options to do these things, and it's not fucking really true. Yeah. Uh, I know plenty of people with tons of fucking money who don't have any free time to do shit. I know tons of people with tons of money who aren't happy. I also know people that live in a fucking van who have nothing that are stoked. Yeah. So some balance there, right? But the awareness is if you don't know the thing that actually brings you joy and enthusiasm— then what are you going to chase? Because it ain't fucking money. Yeah. I mean, for me, at least it isn't some arbitrary number in a bank account sitting somewhere. You know, I'm far more interested in the lifestyle of being a millionaire than I am the actual having that money in my account. And that lifestyle for me of being a millionaire is that I get to chase and pursue whatever the fuck I want to every day. Yeah. <laughs>
0: No, I love that. Doesn't
1: mean I don't have shit to chase and pursue, but I'm picking them.
0: Yeah. No, that makes sense. Because like in my sphere and the people that I've talked with, and I actually did oil and gas sales in the past too. So I understand that world. It's not the money for me. It's the experiences. Like my wife loves cars. I could care less about a car. But you tell me I can go like to Hawaii or Bali or somewhere fun. I'm in. Like it's finding right. what it is life by design for you and filling that up so that you can do what you want. Like you said, it's not the money amount. It's the freedom to do what I want. When that's I what I want,
1: right? And if that is road trip and be in a van for two weeks, then so fucking be it. I need to build my life around making sure that I have that outlet because I know if I'm not doing that, I'm not going to do the other stuff as well.
0: Yeah. No, that's cool. And so-
1: I, yeah. And so the awareness of fucking know who you are, right? Like, so that's, that's one of those things I spoke this weekend at a, at a friend's event and hearing people talk that, man, they've made a lot of really hard life decisions that are hard to back out of without having any fucking clue of who they are or what they want. They've chased a lot of things that are told, this will fill that cup. Yeah. And we live an incredible time in human history. I mean, honestly, for what? Probably the last, let's call it, 150 years if we're really gonna try to be clear on it for the last 150 years of life on earth i haven't had people haven't had to worry much about existential shit. right some have gotten lucky enough too they can't avoid it and we have plenty of those folks but for the most part people are concerned about maslow's hierarchy needs whereas food shelter love those type of things now, if we live in a world where food and shelter have become abundant, then you get to start worrying about this type of shit. And this stuff gets messy. Yep. Because it only has answers that come from you.
0: Yeah. And I think people don't always want that. Like they want to if you just go do this, you're good. And in reality, that might be good for someone else. It doesn't mean it's good for you. Like, yeah, that that resonates with me a lot. So if that's something with doing the um the mentorship and the speaking that you're finding with a lot of like entrepreneurs or high achievers that they think that this is their one goal. And then once they get there, like, oh shit, I'm still having to deal with me and my stuff.
1: I've seen it. I-, I mean, it, it's just as common as the other. In fact, I find probably people who are really stoked all the time. I find that much less common. I mean, in fact, the people that I know that are, that I would consider happy, like overall happy a lot of the time. Um, they make me a bit uncomfortable, which is a really odd thing to say. Is that like ah, there's a little bit too much light there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I end up I end up pretending it's bullshit. Yeah, that it that it's fake, and I've been fortunate enough now at this point to be around people that I know that it isn't.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so once you kind of see that that just like anything else that you see. Holy shit. I have friends that are buying helicopters. That means like, that's a fucking real thing that people do that. I know this isn't just left to someone that is a fantasy that'll, I'll never share that time with, but like, I've been in helicopters. My friends have and air, you know, whatever it is, these big fucking dream ideas that they've built. It wasn't handed down from some generational wealth or any of this type of shit. They're a bunch of idiots, just like us who fucking Mm -hmm. got it done. And seeing that the same way as seeing like, wait, someone's happy all the time or not happy, but just can be in abundance and be in gratitude all the time. Those they're different. Uh, yeah. I, I guess defining those two things is different.
0: Yeah. No, no. I, I, I get it. Yeah. I get, I get what you're saying with that because like, I've been in different rooms and you go into rooms with people and you're like, okay, this person's shit. This person's real and you're like, you're watching them and you're like, okay, there's something different. Then you get to know them more and understand where that comes. I almost call it contentment. Maybe they're not always Mm. like happy, happy, but they're content with where they're at. Even though they're moving to get farther along, normally they're not like...
1: Well, content and complacent aren't the fucking same thing. Right. I can be very happy in where I'm at and being in abundance and still want to build because... You know, our our very simple, unalienable rights in this country, right? Like life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I think it's really, really important that we look at that, that it is written specifically as pursuit of happiness and not fucking happiness. Those are very different things. And perhaps the genius there, if that's what the foresight is, who knows, but I can interpret it however I fucking feel like, is that the joys in the pursuit, the joy is in the progress. The joy is in, the, in the, the problem solving. The joy is in the figuring it out because, you know, just a moment, there's no way to replicate, but if you've done the work to build it, you have a lot of systems in place to kind of figure out what gets it done.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, you, you know that showing up every day and taking action over the long term does the thing and there's no way to fake it. Yeah. And I think that that pursuit is where the happiness is, right like there's not any there's not any books about the view from everest right No one gives a shit, you can buy it, but you can't buy the lessons learned on the struggle
2: mm-hmm.
1: you can't buy any of the lessons learned on the come up, and you can't I can't live yours. Like I have to have my own things I've overcome and my own challenges and everyone's going to have them. How you decide to rise to that occasion is up to you and what tools that you've brought with you to handle those things is up to you to develop those skills in the same way I need to figure out marketing.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Because as I'm going to go forward, this isn't going to get less stressful. It hasn't in the last 10 years. I don't know why I would lie to myself and pretend that it ever will. And if that's what this is, then I better fucking love it. Yeah. Because this is where we're headed.
0: Yeah. Well, and it, it is so true. Just looking, like, just thinking about the different things that I've done. When you win the award, like you said, for a half a second. And then you're like, okay, what's next? It's the well, whole process of learning it.
1: Those moments are recognition that the process works. Mm-hmm. They're not recognition that you're there. You know, winning a world championship's a fucking day. And what it was is, you know, it's something stating that our fucking plan worked. Yep. You know, not only did our plan worked we timed it up for when it counts. You know, we battled all that extra, that extraordinary bullshit and voices in your head and any of those little things or anxiety that's telling you, get the fuck out of here. And the alarm bells going off and you show up and do your fucking job
2: mm-hmm.
1: and you perform when it counts. Like that's where confidence comes from. That's where all those things build is from you showing up and realizing I didn't fucking die.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's so crazy because I think people always have this glorious idea of it, but once you've done it and once you've been in a room, It's like, I've been to Hawaii like three times. I love Hawaii. I'll go back again, but I've been there now. It's not like that epic, oh, this is Hawaii. And I talk to people, I'm like, it's just normal now to me. And, but like, I've
1: been to to Iceland 13 times. I feel that way every time I'm there.
0: Yeah. And see, for me, because I've not been to Iceland yet, that looks like a badass trip. Like I feel like I want to go there. It's an incredible place. And I think it's just being in the room, showing up, you know, getting to the place where you want to be and living that life that you love. And I think too many times people just live through other people and have this random dream instead of putting the work in and going after it and getting it done. And I'd rather just get it done. I'm with you there.
1: Well, and I guess kind of overall life philosophy too, is that there's not a risk to it. Like I'm going to fucking die either way. Mm -hmm. Right. Like this, I don't know when, I mean, I'm not exactly certain that I can get home today. Right. Like that's not a hundred percent chance. And so I don't know when that time comes, but I know damn sure I have two choices. I can either spend it playing it pretty safe and trying to be comfortable and fitting in and not making waves, or I can do whatever the fuck I want. Yep. And if I'm going to die at the end of both, I'm damn sure just going to do whatever the fuck I want.
0: So did you always have this mentality? Cause I know now I have that mentality, but when I was younger, I was caught up in the, I want to please this person. I want to please that person. And I finally got to the point where like, this just fucking sucks. Why am I doing this? They don't care what happens to me. They're just thinking about them. But was, did you always just have that thought process or did you have to no, fix it?
1: Um, probably to some extent there's, there's definitely, if, if I look back, right, historically at what I've done of, you know, got out of college and, or even, even then, right? Like that I didn't pursue football uh, in college and decided to do track and field. This was a, a bit of a right or a left turn in life. Instead of following my brother, also played college football and onward toward that. Yeah, I went along with track and field, tried something else to do my thing. Um, went to college and I really expected college to kind of be what my generation was sold on it was, is that this would be once I have this things will be a lot easier on the backside and that's it's just a fucking lie.
2: Yeah.
1: And maybe it was at some point, but it isn't anymore. No. I think, I think that education system in our country, I think we have to really question whether or not it's valuable. Mm. I don't know that it is. No, I, really I would a, agree with fucking you. Fucking waste. Yeah. Um, especially where we're currently at with it when it seems to be a bit of a uh, really, really fucking incredible marketing that they've pulled off, you know, per post, world war ii with the boomer generation that a if you don't go to college you're a fuck up yeah and kind of the entitlement to as well of that like i'm going to college yeah whereas i probably would have benefited a shitload more going to vocation you know vocational school and learning how to be a plumber carpenter welder or any of those type of things mm-hmm. they'd be a hell of a lot more fucking useful than the education i got yeah and that's my fault It's not that the education wasn't available. It's that that system doesn't work for me sitting Mm -hmm. in a classroom and being spoke at is not how I absorb information. It's not how I do very well. I'm smart enough to make C's and do very, very little effort. Yep. But for me to make A's took a hundred percent focus. I just never felt any better about making them. Mm -hmm. And so what the fuck am I putting the energy into it? Yeah. Um, and there was definitely a lot of that you know kind of societal norms put in right like I mean at that point like I finished college I went in to try to do entrepreneurship with a bike shop it failed Uh, I went back to bouncing and DJing and whatnot at the strip club I worked at while I was in college and then on to uh man a regular job nine to five sale you know regular and it's not really a regular job because it's still outside sales like I haven't <laughs> been to an office and punched a clock and gone to a place since like
2: 2008
1: yeah so I'm a bit detached from that reality uh for fucking good reason
2: yeah, it no fit for you yeah no they it's wouldn't not for, for you me. At
1: all. it would be really really bad and I would I would fail there Whereas left to my own devices and up to my own responsibility for my life, I'm doing very well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's so, that whole, sorry, Demi You no, Go ahead. No, I was just going to say it's just that whole ownership thing. You've built the life you wanted, but it had to be you building it, not someone else telling you what to do.
1: Well, that's the only way it works. Right. And the total accountability that you find with being able to say that, like, it takes a lot for people to realize that there aren't really any rules that you don't have to do shit. You don't have to go to college to be happy. You don't have to go to college to make a good living. You don't, your parents don't have to like what you do for a living. In fact, your parents don't even have to fucking like you. Right. And getting to an age like, you know, at close to 40 now, it's, it's opened my eyes to a lot more empathy for a lot of those positions of just realizing like, ah, fuck, you also just have no fucking clue what you're doing that's it that that's really all it is and most people have followed that path and i don't I don't blame the boomers for it, right They came from a generation that actually lived in scarcity mm-hmm. and so the ultimate fucking American dream for their generation was comfort and sustainability and so they tried to pass that on to us, but it was after being instilled with. You can do anything you want yeah. if you work hard, uh, which isn't true. Work, working hard isn't enough. No. You also need to figure out what your skills and what your value is and how to play to those strengths. There's no amount of coaching or effort or work, which I have tons of, that's going to help me play in the NBA. Nope. And if that's my idea of success, then I'll fucking always fail. Mm-hmm. And I'm not entitled to it. Because I worked really hard. Right. Yeah. So figuring out what works for me and what actually lights my fire is, that's for me to figure out. No one can, no one can point you at it. And if you don't know what your purpose is or where your drive's going to go, that should be your fucking purpose, is to find it.
0: Yeah. The not everyone with-
1: needs to be a fucking entrepreneur. This isn't for everyone.
0: No, not at all. Not at all. In fact, I actually tell people a lot of times I'm like, you know, try sales first. That's like entrepreneur light. You don't have the overhead, but you still have to go in out and kill as I would call it yeah. you have to go out and make your sales, do your stuff, be responsible and take 100% ownership. You yeah, just have cold back. call
1: people for fucking four or five hours a day. Yep. Yeah. Get overhearing. No. Yeah. What a, what a fucking useless <laughs> bit of information. I find no from someone is at this point. Mm hmm. Oh, no. Oh, okay. That means not now. Yep. We'll try again later. You'll forget that I called.
2: hmm
0: <laughs> Yeah. And it's so funny. And even in the tiers of sales, because I'm in the sales world, So I do sales training. I still have a day job. I started the podcast. I'm kind of making that shift. And it's just so funny to see the different people. They'll get told no once. I'm like, why are you in sales? Just leave. If you can't handle no, this is not going to work for Which you. It's
1: just so not important. Yeah. Because... I only need it to work out once,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? I don't need a, an 85% success rate on calls. No. <laughs> and not only that, like you figure out your success, right? Right. Like I learned early on with my sales thing when I got into that job that like had a list of the numbers I was going to call that day for the potential customers I was trying to reach at their desk. I also learned that my best time to reach them at their desk was between 630 and 730 mm-hmm. while they're having their cup of coffee and before anything else starts onslaughting them. I can just be nice and ask if I can take them to lunch. Yep. That's it. Not overwhelm them with shit, not ask him a lot of questions. Just have a conversation, be nice to them, and try to provide value. Yeah. Make them want to take my call instead of dodge me because I'm trying to sell them a thing. Yep. I don't sell anything so fucking unique that people can't get it elsewhere. So what people are buying is me.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Like that, I teach that all day long. Like it, it, I think people get into the watch the videos and they go, well, you got to do this technique or that technique. I kill them with kindness. Like you just said, relationship, I connect with them. I set up a time that works for them. I talk to them. That's it. They're either going to buy or not. That's not my job. My job is to make them make a decision. That's all.
1: And I even, you know, for a lot of that job, I had to let go of it, too, because, like, I didn't do a lot of quoting, and we're quoting big jobs in the service industry to the refinery, so it's, you know, million-dollar jobs up to $10 million jobs, and I'm not in control of the quote, and I know that my customer is going to have to go to a bidding process, and they're not in control Mm -hmm. to just hand me the work, sometimes. Sometimes it works out right like there's you know that there's an X amount of job that they don't have to get approval for other things. So making sure I get all that low hanging fruit and then build the repertoire of being able to say, look, look, these guys do good work for us all the time. Mm -hmm. But waiting to hit that big home run, like if we can't do the small ones, they're not giving us the fucking big one. Right. And realize that some of that gets out of my hand and that doesn't change my relationship to that customer. I can't let that be the deciding factor i'm like look man whether the job gets landed by us isn't on me Mm -hmm. especially if it's got to go through a closed bid process with purchasing or some other thing like that fuck i haven't thought about that shit in a long time yeah
0: yeah well you just control what you can control and that's the part i think that they just forget or they yeah they get they watch too many hollywood movies where the guy just says something perfect and then everyone throws money at them and that's not how this works at all (laughs)
1: Oh man. Basing your life off of someone's story that gets wrapped up in the 90 minutes.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: <laughs> Jordan Belfort's it, really exciting.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's great for TV and Hollywood and you know, for you to let your mind go for a moment, but yeah. it and look, those
1: And those people exist. Mm-hmm. I've met a handful of those type of guys. Yeah. I don't have what they have.
0: No, me neither.
1: In the same way. I don't have the tools LeBron James does to play basketball. These aren't tools i'm gonna learn they're things i could get better at but i don't have whatever that <clears throat> you know especially now like you see different levels of everything you see it in sales guys you see it in relationship builders you see it in podcast hosts you see it, you across the board right mm-hmm. and now that i'm doing more speaking stuff man when i see someone or like what a different appreciation now I have for someone, say, like Tony Robbins. Mm-hmm. And while I've always felt that shit's cheesy, I felt self-help stuff's a little fucking weird, which is, what a weird thing that's built into our culture. Now, the idea of trying to improve yourself is somehow a weakness because you're stating you'd like to be better. Yeah. Oof, that's a lot to unpack anyway. Um, but seeing someone like Tony Robbins and realize, like, holy fuck. You know, that guy's basically a wizard.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, I got what he's got. No. (laughs) (laughs) No. Yeah, I've I've seen him a few times, and I'm just like, wow. And, like, there's just certain wordsmiths, people that they're just going to have that way that they say something that will connect with people better. But it goes back to what you said earlier. You work on what you're good at. You do the best you can at that. And you help who you can, and you build your life. You can't beat them. Don't try to beat someone else. You're going to fucking fail at it.
1: Yeah, it gets really tough if you're going to spend your whole life, you know, especially with now social media and trying to find the marketing approach to that and building content and what is important, whether that's likes or follows or fucking whatever it is, right? Comments. Um, if you're focused on that and you're always worried about growing it, you're not giving any attention to the people that have already raised their hand and said, I'm in.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And the better move is to focus on the people that have already raised their hand and that'll draw the other people to you instead of chasing people who don't have their fucking hands up.
0: Yeah. hundred percent.
1: No, just keep leading.
0: Yeah. I think people just think that they have to, they get focused on the wrong stuff. Is what it seems like. Cause I agree with you hundred percent. If you take your customer on the right customer journey and you help them and you do what they need, gonna tell their friends and all about you and then you can just do your content and it would draw it but if you're just chasing the people like you said they aren't ready there's no point because it's not our job to make them. no you're just annoying yeah
1: yeah i even fuck, man look at even the idea of no one wants to deal with an insurance agent until i need insurance
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then i'm very very interested yep and so It doesn't mean that what you're selling is not valuable. It just means you're talking to an audience that ain't fucking buying. Mm -hmm. How do you pre-qualify your audience to know that they already have their hands raised, that they want more of this, that they want your information, right? And so, look, it took me a long time with the podcast to kind of come to grounds with with the right idea of how to do it because I felt so much that I was talking to new podcast guests because of a guest was on or any of this. So I wanted to give them my best shit. Mm -hmm. And so then my best shit gets really repetitive. Yeah. And so I forget that I have people that have listened to 200 episodes of this. and like, fuck man, we're doing this story again.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Like my first 10 were like, we were talking about beforehand. My first 10 were scripted and I was Mm -hmm. like, this sucks. And then I had a good buddy of mine go, dude, you do sales. Just ask questions and talk to people. And once I did that, it got a lot better. But I was like thinking, oh, I have to do it like Lewis House, or I had to do it like this. Or like, and like, no, I just got to do it. Lewis House. Yeah, because yeah, he always just asked questions. Like when I remember when I listened to yeah. him back in the day, he just, he, you know, he would just have his little questions and be like, it works for him. It doesn't work for me that way.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, w- I wouldn't want to run Lewis's show. <laughs>
0: <But> <laughs>
1: gotcha. Personal taste, whatever.
0: No, I hear you. I hear you. I was just thinking of his questions. That he yeah, say. of course. Of
1: course. It's he's, he's an odd trigger for me for whatever reason.
0: Yeah, no, that's cool. I mean... <laughs> so with everything that we've been talking about and, and moving forward with this, we talked a little bit about self-care. You did do the really cool like motorcycle Indian thing. Tell us a little bit more about that. Cause I've been watching some of the videos like on the Instagram reels and all, where did that concept come from? Did they just come to you and say, Hey, you're awesome. Do this or how did that come about?
1: No, that's never how it's worked out.
0: I know. (laughs) No one's no one's
1: ever fucking (laughs) called me and been like, Hey Matt, you're awesome. (laughs) Let's go do this. So uh last year during May, um I got invited with some friends to go on a motorcycle trip. Uh they it was um Steffi Cohen, Matt Frazier, and uh Hayden. And we got invited to go on a trip with Indian. At that point, like I I've owned a motorcycle in the, in a previous point in my life, uh, drove one for my only form of transportation for a number of years back when I was back in Louisiana and long before I became an adult. Um, so I know how to ride. So that part was great. So I had to go refresh your motorcycle license, do those type of things in a very short amount of time, uh, get out to California and go do that trip. Uh, and on that trip, we had someone along the lines a uh, ride with us, Sean McDonald, and he works with Indian's uh, influencer program, those, those type of things, and he and I hit it off. Uh, I found that trip to be really different than I expected. Uh, it was far more mindfulness meditation of being on the bike and taking some time to really think and dig in and getting to see that landscape and such a new experience from on a motorcycle, I thought was something I really didn't expect to change me, Mm -hmm. uh, because man, I travel and road trip a lot. I love it. And I didn't realize that this was such a different way to do it. Yeah. Um, and so he and I had hit it off and we pitched the idea of this travel show to Indian. Uh, they had a new bike coming out that they needed to put marketing power behind the pursuit their big bagger touring bike and uh so we set it up and i mean indians side of that job said here's your budget can you do it and we said yeah and so we did we planned and put together and shot and edited and you know did the story and did all of that production work for three trips this year we did uh charleston south carolina to the tip of the keys in florida we did um san francisco to joshua tree
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then we, the last one we finished up for the year was uh, Portland to Seattle uh, through Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, and things like that. And all, all three are the hardest thing I've ever done. <laughs> um, not the motorcycle riding part. I'm riding a motorcycle for fucking six days through beautiful countryside is really fun and great and easy. Mm-hmm. Managing production and then also kind of being a middle ground between I'm hosting a show. So I have to maintain this relationship with the guest and not show frustration or any of the the behind-the-scenes shit so that I can be friendly on camera and have conversations that we need to have for the story. Mm -hmm. Um, Meanwhile, every night, trying not to fucking pull all my hair out. Yeah. I mean, I'd say... An equal number of nights on those trips ended with me really frustrated and in tears, and then the other nights were really happy grateful of like we did it yeah um overall, I'm really happy with the product we put out, but there's a lot of blood sweat and tears in that product yeah.
2: well and I it, think
1: and it definitely changes how I look now at like you know someone like Anthony Bourdain of uh fuck man you did like 15 of those a year for a decade
0: yeah i know who he is i i i just can't think of the name of it
1: Mm. yeah Bourdain did no reservations and um a lot of shows kitchen kitchen confidential no reservations and um places unknown parts unknown
0: parts unknown yeah that was a fun show to watch
1: yeah that was the that was the last one he did on cnn that kind of got to be more of the adult uh op-ed version of traveling which was really cool to watch
0: yeah, and that's got to be crazy, though. I'm just thinking about, like, you doing this whole trip and running in, because it wasn't like you were just experiencing it. You had the whole aspect of it. So you said that was, like, the hardest thing? you've done? Like, you've done a lot of hard things, Matt. So when you say that's one of the hardest things you've done, that, that's, that's got to be up
1: there. It took so much out of me, mm-hmm. because not only that, I am doing all of that while being on a motorcycle for probably 10 hours that day. Yeah. And, like, being on a motorcycle for 10 hours a day is a lot anyway you're you're fucking busy mm-hmm. like you're not you're not in a car no. it's not autopilot um i mean you're not it's not like i'm trying to fucking balance the thing the whole time right but i still have to ride a motorcycle and be in the wind and be in 40 degree rain and fucking cold for six hours and still manage a conversation at the end of the day also i'm concerned with people who came along on the trip who are or aren't experienced motorcycle riders yeah. and how comfortable they are with doing things like hey for the next 15 you know next 15 minutes through this section of really windy roads we're all going to ride as close to the fucking van as possible as fast as we can to get this shot yeah and like that it feels like a lot to ask i don't mind asking me to do shit uh but to have someone else and me feel very responsible for safety and all those type of things of like god forbid something happens and yo shit happens mm-hmm. and luckily you know we're really fortunate so there wasn't any like dangerous moments of us getting scared but hey, you're still four people on fucking motorcycles
0: yeah yeah no that's still that's that's definitely i can see where that would be kind of crazy there so and, and i'm thinking about like because you do so many different stuff there's so many different ways i want to go because like i'm a big coffee drinker i have some of your mm-hmm. coffee coming It should get here soon because you <laughs> And then I did get the Ethiopian because I love Ethiopian. I have an espresso machine. I'm like, I'm a coffee snob. I'll admit it. We have a, a,
1: we have an espresso roast in the works. Cool. Yeah. That'll be soon. Uh, Not dead yet.
0: Yeah. Well, I will get that one when it comes out then, because like I said, I have an espresso machine. I put, I grind my whole beans and makes the espresso for me. It's perfect. What is your, so you do so many things though. Like what is your, what is your favorite business? brand you have right now or you don't have a favorite well maybe that's not the right question to ask
1: um i I, you know i don't really look at it that way like i i kind of just look at it as all my life Mm -hmm. um my life has a lot of moving pieces yeah and i've put them all in place and so i like them and occasionally they need to be decided do they need to stay you know, or is this one taking away from that? Like, it, it's always got to be on the chopping block and be as emotionless as I can be about making good decisions about it.
0: Yeah. No, that makes sense. Because you want to make sure you have everything built so that you can do with the things you love to do. Right. Yeah. Because you're going, like, I think I saw this in your stuff recently. You guys have another trip coming up that you guys can go we leave you? Friday for Alaska. Yeah. That and then is I go cool. to
1: Bali in October and uh, I'm currently training to do a 240 mile bike ride uh in a day with uh kelly Starette, and then in december it looks like i'll be going to hawaii to do a 50 mile ruck with this really rad company um 50 for the fallen
0: that is cool that is crazy
1: so you're They're gonna just, yeah 50 for the fallen
0: sorry tell us a little bit more about that so 50 for the Fallen, what is what is that program so 50 for
1: the fallen is an organization that's um 501c they've doing charity work and they're helping raise money. So they kind of operate as an event like a Spartan race type thing. And the idea of it is during this 50 mile ruck and this shared experience you have with people that you really get a chance to kind of reflect on the people in your life or the people who can't be here Mm -hmm. for whatever reason that you are taking this moment to celebrate life and use your body and slow down time and be in a hard thing as a level of gratitude for those who can't.
0: I love
1: that. You know, a little bit of carrying the torch. And so we're doing one in Hawaii uh, in in December for Pearl Harbor Day. Um, And I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'm looking forward to the training leading up to it and the challenge of doing it and seeing what comes out of me.
0: Yeah. Is there, so how are you, this is is where my mind's going. You're doing the bike training and then you're going (laughs) to be doing the ruck. Can you do the training to help for both of those? Because those are two distinctly different. Yeah, but they're things. not. They're not?
1: Okay, cool. No, they're still not, right? Like I mean, the bike ride to do that two hundred and forty mile ride uh, in that day, I mean, that still means I'm gonna I need to figure out fuel and how to maintain moving at like a hundred and forty beats a minute heart rate for probably seventeen to twenty hours. Same training. So essentially right now the biggest goal is build as big of a zone two cardio capacity as I can. Mm-hmm like sit on the bike and pedal like it's fucking lazy work right like i mean it's not exciting No. and and for me as an athlete who came from so many different things in the strength background it's the polar opposite into the spectrum of training and it's hard for a different set of reasons yeah like i don't ever have that hard moment of like oh shit what if i don't hit this squat i'll get crushed
2: mm-hmm.
1: but you know, if I'm not prepared for that 17-hour day, yeah, I'm going to get crushed, and then I won't finish. And so I'd be damned that if all I've got to do is spend the time sitting there spinning my wheels, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. And I want the goal isn't like a speed goal or how quickly I can finish it. The goal is I want to spend as much time of it not saying, what the fuck are we doing this for? And the better shape I'm in and the more that I'm prepared for it, the more that I can go into it and actually be enjoying the actual thing.
0: Yeah, no, that's amazing, dude. That 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 is amazing. You have a – from listening to you talk, you have a mental toughness that I will say that most people don't have. Because a lot of people like the idea of doing things, but they don't actually go through the process or put in the work to do it. So I commend you for that because, like, I'm just – it's like a pattern that I hear in each and every time that when you're speaking, whether it's your business, the physical things, whatever you're doing, you just set your mind and you just go at it.
2: Well,
1: it's not important to anyone else. Right. And so if I live in a life that I'm totally responsible and totally accountable for my life and I only do things I give a fuck about, which the opposite side's true, right? That means I don't do things I don't care about. Mm hmm. And if this is something I care about, then do the fucking work. Like, you signed up for this. No one's asked you to do this. This isn't forced. This isn't some job you'll be fired from if you don't show up. You want this.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And so I seek out challenges and shit I want to do because I want to explore parts of me that I don't know about. Like, I, I get strength. There isn't anything else for me to learn about squatting a heavy barbell. Right. Or the work it takes to get to Whatever the max potential strength this machine holds, I found those numbers. I don't need to continue to hold them.
2: You
0: know what I mean?
1: Like, you know, if I ever get to go 200 miles an hour in a car, I don't have to do it every week to say that I went 200 miles an hour in a car. Right. It's a life experience. It's a lesson learned. It's a tool built. You know, it's an experience that I get to take forward with me to apply to the next thing. I know how to physically get better at things. It takes a really fucking long time of showing up and just doing it. And yeah. so just apply the same rules.
0: Yeah. Well, and with you doing weight training and stuff, I think I might've heard it when you were on George's show is like, you would go a year to get like 5% better or just a little bit. So like you yeah. have dialed that shit in like,
1: yeah. And I mean, that's, that's how anything gets better right like there's always the newbie gains that are going to ramp up and there's always this big moment of like fuck yeah yeah but once you get once you kind of get to where potential starts getting getting leaked you know or potential starts getting maxed out you really have to start optimizing some other shit. like is my sleep good am i doing any of the self-care stuff to allow me to push you know am i monitoring my hormones what am i taking as far as supplementation to be better you know, how am I spending myself to enhance that performance?
0: Yeah. Now, yeah, I like I said, I'm new in this aspect of the journey because I've been in sales work for a long time, but I've started getting into self-care, doing breath work, doing the different things that I did a cold plunge when I was in Montana, doing just different things that, you know, pushed me. And some people, you know, you've been doing it for a while, but to me, it's like, oh, crap, this is pushing me at this point. Yeah, and it should. When
1: well, it doesn't matter when you start it, you're not late. I mean, fucking people have used Ice Bass for a long time. I found it in 2015. I'm not exactly new to the game.
2: Yeah.
1: Um yeah. now how consistency, you know, how consistently I find it valuable and want to integrate it into my life is my choice. Mm-hmm. And if it's something that I find valuable and I integrate into my life, then I have to decide is this something I'm permanently adding into my life? And some things yeah, some things
2: not.
0: Mm-hmm yeah because sometimes you do something you get the experience like you said you're done with that error stuff you find it makes you stronger better overall right
1: like like drinking right like i've got my experience there i did that i mm-hmm. got to use that drug for what it is and the good then the bads of it and all those type of things and at this point in my life it's no longer valuable yep there's there's better options
0: well, it's just finding what like you said again what works for you 100 mm-hmm. percent ownership in what you're doing do stuff that right. you love don't do stuff you hate
1: and not only that i'll remove any filter of right or wrong or should or shouldn't and it's solely an experiment of did i get the positive response i wanted or did i not and if it is positive fuck, let's do more
0: mm-hmm. yeah well i mean society's norms are society's norms but again You're living the life by the sign that you love.
1: Sure, but a lot of people get hung up on them.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, even look at something as simple or silly as as cannabis. I mean, how many people hold that as a, but it's illegal? Or or believe it was made illegal for a dangerous reason that we should believe the just say no culture and that that wasn't built as better lobby for fucking alcohol.
0: Yeah, yeah, and pharmaceutical companies to make money. (sighs) Yeah, I'm with you. I'm, with like, you I'm, just,
1: I'm 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 just. at a very clear point that I can't believe my government has my best interest at heart. We agree. And, <laughs> and Which is fine. They never have. I fucked that up in the past thinking that someone did. They don't. And so I'll handle my life accordingly. I prefer knowing they don't. Because mm-hmm. then I don't ever think they will. You can't lie to me. I know you're full of shit. Yeah. And that's just so we're clear when i say government for anyone listening anyone involved any of these fucking geriatrics running around pretending they have any concept of what's right or wrong or better for anyone that's not what they're doing
0: so no they're paid off i think they should have to wear their little sponsors like whatever fucking like nascar jerseys when they're just like a nascar oh god that would
1: be great
0: (laughs) that would make me We're we're not
1: fucking far man we're not far as much as we love this right and left as a team that we're part of you know we're not far from fucking putting numbers on them in congress yeah i mean it's people crazy. are starting to celebrate politicians like they're superstars and some shit when did we forget that these are crooked fuckers
0: yeah i don't know that's crazy right like I
1: that's can... been the that's been the stereotype of politicians forever is that they're crooked fuckers
0: yeah
2: but
1: only when yours not <laughs>
0: I think people just get so caught up in their person's right and they don't even research it. They're just, oh, he agrees with me. So they're right. Or she, it's not. Trickle down
1: from one authority to the next, from God to whoever the next person is. Right. That like, it's right. Fuck does right mean?
0: Yeah. And right for you might not be right for me.
1: No. And and back to that point, right? Like, make sure that you know your definition of success. Mm Mm-hmm. And don't try to fulfill someone else's fucking idea of what success should look like.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree 100% because, you know, a lot of people in my space that I talk to, are like, I want to be a multimillionaire. I'm like, do you want the schedule of a multimillionaire? Do you want the responsibilities of that? Right. What or do you, do want, you want? What do you want your life to be? That's right. Yeah.
1: So yeah you know, as- Tim Ferriss covers that shit great in four-hour work week or anything else.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he's a good dude i like his stuff
1: tim's tim's fun i've uh been fortunate enough to spend quite a bit of time with him personally and uh tim tim's a really really good guy
0: yeah yeah i've I've heard him speak a few times i I like a lot of what he does what have we missed here man i know we've been going for about an hour and also anything else? yeah yeah well when you're having a good conversation it makes it a little bit easier (laughs) yeah i guess um
1: I guess I could talk a little bit about 1612 and kind of what that is and what my other things are. So, I mean, I've got hate brand goods, I've got habit coffee and all those type of things. And the 1612, uh working that mentorship was a, a kind of, a lot of it started with this reflection back to my dad passing away. And when my dad passed away, uh April 5th in 2014, he was 62, died of a uh, pancreatic cancer. And I turned 31 the day after and that was a really loud alarm bell for me of like halfway that mm-hmm. realistically you could be halfway through it. If I mean, fuck, it could be a lot, a lot more than halfway through it. But at that moment, like it was probably that first real acknowledgement of like, it's coming. And so at that point, like it, yeah, over the years, the more and more I thought about it and the more I got to thinking that if I am halfway, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. Am I spending this time doing a bunch of shit that I'm supposed to be doing, which whatever the fuck that means, or am I doing things I care about? I mean, look, I still have responsibilities to pay bills and make a living. I'm not running around in the woods naked and asking for people to support my lifestyle. I'll pay for my own time of running around in the woods naked. Yep. Um, and build a life accordingly. And so with that, like that's 1,612 weeks is what 31 years is. And if that's what I've got left, like that's 1,621 weeks to go till death. So that means all my dreams, everything I want to experience, all that I can imagine accomplishing has to be done in that time window. And there's a lot of physical things I want to get done, which is a shorter window than that. Mm -hmm. So I fucking better get started. And that pursuit of making that life worth dying for, because we are, it's been great. It's been a fucking fire, man. And sharing that with other people who feel the same, I want that, I want that awakening and that awareness and a resource to other people who feel the way you do so that you don't have to sell someone on the idea that you want more and why, because you should be happy with what you have, fuck off. Yeah. I want more because I want more.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: you know content and complacent aren't the same like we talked about and being able to have gratitude but also want more and not have to explain it and waste any of that energy trying to catch the people around you up to speed and instead having a group of people that just want to breathe oxygen into that fire and help you solve the problems Mm -hmm. is such a different set of resources to be around I know myself with building my network and resources if you are the average of the five people you spend time with man, I've got fucking wizards in my back. And not everyone has that and not everyone's been as fortunate enough to, to get to those people. And so if I can mine what I can from places to bring back what I can to share and what's worked for me, and these are the resources I use, the books I read, the podcast I listen to, the journaling I do, here's the activities I do. Let's talk about it and try some shit. Then I want to share. And watching people click on and see that they just go, oh, shit. Yep. Like, oh, I can do that. I didn't have to worry about what mom thought. Or they don't need permission from some imaginary figure to live their life. And seeing people give a fuck, man, feels really good.
0: Yeah. No, I love that. I, I totally love that and connect with you on that. When they get those light bulb moments. Yeah, 100%.
1: And that's, that's been the goal of uh, the 1612. And so with that, we have some events we host. We do meetups here in St. Louis occasionally. It's just kind of a hangout for group members. And I open up Dope in the world that we have here and kind of get to share it. Because I know how different it's been for me being around the people I admire and the people that I look to as mentors mm-hmm. and seeing the reality of it. Not just the post, not just the highlight reel. You know, so getting to see the good and the bad and the reality of that, it's still work. But you can do it. I'm not that fucking bright. <laughs> and so doing that and like uh, we recently in November, we're going to host our first uh, men's retreat weekend and I want to do some digger, you know, some some deeper emotional work and some digging into people to kind of find purpose and figure out what's our why and what do we really want? And that's our uh, not dead yet weekend we're hosting in uh, November, and all that's on the sixteen twelve dot com site. So,
0: perfect. So sixteen twelve dot com, hate mm-hmm. brand habit yep. coffee, yep. hate yeah habit coffee. You also said, don't you like have a cold plunge?
1: Uh, not like a company. I, okay. I own one.
0: Gotcha. I didn't know if you had a company with it or not. I no,
1: a- no, no. Those guys, uh, the cold plunge, are good friends. I've they're a sponsor of mine. Uh, a brand that I work with and they make a great product.
2: Cool. Perfect. Um,
1: I have a podcast, Not Dead Yet. Assets, uh, all the stuff. I have an Airbnb, some rather random things that somehow equal an income.
0: But I love that. I, I see, like, again, I know we talked about this at the beginning. I love that you've designed the life you wanted to live and you had the businesses to support it and you just are you. And I think that's the biggest takeaway I get, is that don't care or worry about what anyone else says or thinks. Just be fucking you, live your life, and that's it.
1: Look, and that's not a fucking excuse to be an asshole.
0: No, not at all.
1: And now a lot of people take that thing of like, don't give a fuck what anyone thinks. Like that's an excuse to be an asshole. Like that's not all right. No. It's not no. It's not an excuse to that. Like, you know, do no harm and take no shit. You know, I want to live with intention of of never causing someone else damage. And at no point in my pursuit for the greatest life I want to live am I allowed to fucking hinder someone else's. Yeah. Them's the fucking hard rules.
0: I love it. I love it, man. Thank you for being on the show. Um, and like you said, you can find him at Matt Vincent. You can find him at all the different companies he has. Share this episode with people. They need to hear it. And until next time, be amazingly you. Live well and enjoy life. Thank you for listening to the 150K Podcast. Remember, your dreams become reality when you take action on them. Feel free to reach out with any questions on Instagram at 150K Podcast. And until next time, keep pushing. You're worth it.